We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in. It's Tuesday morning. Today, the last day of February, not yesterday like I was confused, uh, but the, the 28th and Combine Week, free agency up right around the corner, uh, and I'm joined again by Scott. Scott, how you feeling? I'm doing good. I feel I feel all right. Sometimes I sound a little rough. Uh, the daughter's homesick today going, bleh, bleh, bleh. so, you know, we're just going to pass it around, share it around the house a little bit, so uh, we're doing good. Good to be back. Um Enjoyed being part of the chat yesterday, so it was uh, it's uh, it's good to be in here and want to kind of follow up on some of the stuff you talked about yesterday. And we're going to hit on some free agency stuff today, and you know, draft and combine and some super folks already coming in, so we're ready to go. Yeah, we're rolling in. Let's say hello to some people coming in with the super chats right off the bat. Five dollars, Rob Bucksbaum. Thank you so much. Saying morning, gents. Thoughts on Leonard Fournette will likely be released and will be cheap. Uh, now, what? Not what he once was, perhaps a one year deal. I would love it. I would be 100% about it. He's a limited player, no doubt, but you're talking about Broncos need to bring in some fresh blood at running back position. Fournette's not going to count against compensatory selections because he'll be released, and he can be a hammer to somebody else's uh, you know, jitterbug type in the backfield. So I've, I've said it 100 times. I'm going into 2023 not expecting Javante Williams to play a single snap. I think if you go in there and you rely on him at all, you're already – in trouble at the position, especially with how much the Broncos are probably going to rely on the run game. So, so there's going to be a lot of good options. I'm not saying Fournette is my like number one, but he's if he's available for sure, he's one of the names that the plethora of names you could c- consider. Yeah, I think you make the phone call. I think the Broncos might be uh, on the outside looking in for someone like him. You know, they call him playoff Lenny for a reason. If you were a playoff team last year, I think it would have made a difference. I just think he will be looking for a team that was is considered more of a contender, but when you get released, you know, sometimes beggars can't be choosers, but he's, Mm. you know, just quick history on him. He was arguably the most talented running back I ever scouted. Uh, Adrian Peterson was the year really before, as I was getting started, it wasn't my first full year, so he would have taken it. But Leonard Fournette was, he was that guy you see now, except probably faster because he had less wear and tear in high school. He was a 220-pound, 100-meter state champion in high school. And, uh, you know, that that fits the bill for Derrick Henry, too. But um, Leonard's built more like a traditional running back, so you, you kind of expected more for him. And he ran tougher at the time. He was he was our number one overall player, and I got some shtick about that from some non-football guys saying, 
they're diminishing the running back. How could he be number one overall? I'm like, because the college game is different. It, mm-hmm. it, you know, a number one running back makes a bigger difference in college than it does in the NFL, but he's, he still ended up being pretty good. Pretty good, Nick. Yeah, not number four overall good, but uh, a really good player. And if he was available, for sure. Gary Palmer coming in, 999. Thank you so much, Gary. He says, good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for Breakfast and all Broncos for Breakfast fans. Love the mock draft yesterday, Nick. If we made those picks, I'd be happy. MHH for life, go Broncos. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing when you use uh, boards, especially like if we use more so the PFF board than the general consensus board. And there's going to be players that we value a lot more compared to what somebody like PFF does. So, uh, yeah, that's Scott how it works I, in real life, too. That's true. That's you know, very true. You, know, you mean, there's there's going to be if you and me are sitting in in a, in a room and we're the general managers, there's going to be guys we're really high on that. Nobody else is now. It's the difference is, is you're going against 32 other boards instead of just one. Yeah. You know, we're drafting against the PFF board. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be 31 other 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 groups out there that are saying we really like that guy too and but maybe maybe you can sneak one of those guys in there a little higher than somebody else might be and we'll, we'll play off that one a little bit today too gary yeah and i really like uh the athletics arif hassan he comes out with a conglomerate uh big board at before the draft every year and that takes like 200 people's big boards in the industry and then ranks them so like that really gives you an idea of where people are at now granted it could take some people who are not as good as other people who are better but still i think it Going off of something like that, just the crowdsourcing data is a good way to get a pulse on where some people will go. Granted, all it takes is one team to love a guy and they'll be taken way earlier, but still. 24-7 Sports did something like that with recruiting. They call it the composite rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, on three is now the same people that built 24-7 Sports. They're doing something very similar, but the problem is, is there's not that many people doing rankings anymore. So there's like a composite of like three rankings, you know, yeah. so. Uh, for high school football recruiting, it's uh, it's different. But with with draft rankings, there there are a lot of them. There's yeah. there's a lot of group think though, which, which is part of the problems. It's like mm-hmm. you know, you, you see, oh well, he's got him higher. Maybe I should move him up. You know, it's not completely it's not completely someone else's board. Everybody kind of takes from everybody else, and you know, they don't want to tended not to be too far off the wall. Yeah, and just talking about yesterday that the PFF board had. Zach Harrison, who's one of my favorite pl- players for the Broncos in this draft, he fell to the fourth round for the Broncos just recently on a um, draft episode by uh, by PFF with Trevor Sikama and Connor Rogers out there. They did a draft for every single team that doesn't have a first-round pick this season, and they had the Broncos going Zach Harrison with their first third-round pick, saying if he's here, he'd be a slam dunk hire. So even though it was the PFF board, not everybody on PFF as the organization agrees. He'd I'd be happy with the pick. You guys can go back and listen yesterday or ask a super chat about Zach Harrison. We can get into it deeper. But first, Gaiella Maples coming in, $49.99. That is a big-time super chat uh, kicking us off here on Tuesday morning, the last day of February, getting us out of here with a bang. Thank you so much, Gaiella. If you have any questions, uh, I didn't see any underneath. Oh, here we go. He says, good morning. Let's go. Glad you're better, Scott. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Gaiella. Gaiella, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, you know, and Jeremy says your voice sounds good. I'm, I'm a little, little plugged up. It didn't get my throat like it normally does. It's just been in my chest. So as long as I don't start coughing up a lung, I should, I should be okay here. So, um, yeah, it's it's one of those where it doesn't necessarily knock me out. What knocked me out was five a.m. wake up calls Saturday and Sunday while I was sick, running my kids all over sporting places on uh, on the weekends. I had six games on Saturday and Sunday. Come Monday morning, I'm like Nick. I need the morning off. I'm hurting, man. You know what? Who's not hurting though is Michael Ranquillo coming with stars already. Uh, Michael lit up the screen. Facebook's kind of fun. When you come in with a big super chat, it actually makes an explosion 
type mm. of sound. So I'm I'm in the background, Michael, when what you and and um, and Phil were doing yesterday, I'm like trying to animate it in the background underneath saying big stars, explosions. I'm falling out of my chair and everything. So uh, trying to trying to let uh, Chad and Zach know what's going on. But I know I see it. And so does everybody on Facebook that and, and we try and let everybody, the whole Broncos community know uh, how much you've meant to us in the show, Michael. So appreciate the stars coming in. Yeah, thanks, Michael. And we need more of those because I just want to see more of Scott doing the uh, wacky waving, incredible arm waving tube band kind of thing. That's what's good. <laughs> it's a car dealership coming up here for Scott. I got a gig for you. We got Dave Glassman in the house. Happy Tuesday. Good to see you, Dave. Uh, we got David coming in saying if there's a pretty good right tackle, that is number one priority or a great center. I'm with you on that. I'm through free agency. I'm I want to play off this one just a little bit. And Let's this is um, yesterday, David. Um, Nick took Jalen Duncan with the second, third round pick. So 67, somewhere in that neighborhood. 68. Six, yeah, 68. And um, I, I put together some video of him. I'm a little behind on these this year because I went out of town and, and uh, deserved took a week <laughs> off instead of, you know, sick, all that kind of stuff. But I'm, I'm, I'm running through these now. And uh, this is Jalen Duncan. He's, he's lined up this weekend, and I'll have this up today in 4K on my channel at youtube.com slash Scott Kennedy. Um, He's considered a little bit undersized and only like 305 pounds. He's taking on, that's the Golden Gilmer. That's the Notre Dame guy. Um, here's from Oregon. But one of the things I like his feet, I like his, his reach. And when he anchors, it's, it's done. He doesn't get knocked back. And one of the things I like so much about Abraham Lucas, she, he's got leverage there against the, the kid from Mount State. Watch him get to, this is a pass protection. Slide, you, you can see his feet, he slides back. You know, real good. And what I like is when he's rocked back, and this is what I like about Abraham Luke, fourth string. When he gets rocked back on his heels, he doesn't get pushed backwards. He still holds, and this is 270 pounds of Keon White, what he's going against. You see them when they lean back, and most people would tip over backwards. They're still able to control their power because they have such amazing core strength to go with those feet. So you've got feet like this with an anchor like him, good reach. PFF has him in the 80s. Mm -mm. Here's him getting to the second level. You know, I think that's a match. You've got feet like this guy and a fool like him. If he's there and you get him, he's your starting right tackle. He flipped over and he played a boat. He played both a lot in the senior bowl. He played more than I thought he did. He played here he is a rep at right tackle too. And that's Keon White right there. See how he's able to, to hold his ground when he anchors, even though he's gotten bent, he's gotten leveraged a little bit. I'm a I'm a big, big fan. This I should have cut this one. This is kind of a big I'm a big fan of Jalen Duncan. He was for me, he was overall across the week the best offensive line prospect at senior bowl. Even better than uh, John Michael Schmitz? Across the week. Uh, yeah, I'd take, I like him better than John Michael Schmitz. Um, one, John. just because oh. it's tackle yeah. versus center. So I like, you know, maybe liked them both equally. I really like both of them a lot. This is a tackle versus a center. And um, and Dewan Jones was only there for one day. Yeah. Where, um, where Jalen was there all, you know, was there all week, excelled run blocking, pass blocking, right, left, uh, one on ones. You name it. There's Big Dewan on the right tackle over there. This is day God, one. He's so big. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And one thing I will talk about, Jalen Duncan, you mentioned the undersized 33 and a half inch arm length teams are typically looking for 34. So maybe that could knock him down on some teams boards a bit, not by a lot, but just enough. Maybe that it takes him from, you know, mid second round pick to early third or late second to early third. And also only about, I think two ninety seven pounds. So a little bit smaller. I thought he had tipped over at three Oh six, but I I'll, I'll double check that. You're probably right. I remember him being just sub 300 in my mind, but I could be wrong. Uh, One thing I also liked is that left tackle and right tackle. This is Mm -hmm. the draft is not about filling immediate needs for the 2023 team. Granted, obviously you want to have your early picks. You want to have them to have a path to the field in 2023, but Jalen Duncan gives you a path to move on from Garrett Bowles as well, which can save you a lot of money after the 2023 season. If you choose to go that route. So uh, yeah, I, I like him a lot. His tape at Maryland last season was erratic in terms of his technique his hand placement is the way he was able to strike with his hands was all over the place. And because of that, I didn't get the best grip strength. He'd kind of slide off his blocks a bit. And that was true in run game and pass protection, mm-hmm. but that's stuff that you can work on. Now he, he has the God given ability. The question is, you know, in between the ears and in the chest cavity uh, for some for technique questions like that. So mm-hmm. was he getting the best coaching at Maryland, especially in the trenches? I mean, that's fair to be de- uh, debated. And I, again, Second, uh, early third round pick for the Broncos. He's a type that I'd be, I'd be about. He's not a perfect prospect, but he's a very good one. And if he was, you wouldn't be getting him in the third. And and no. and I think he should be at least top fifty. I, I really do. From the guys I've seen so far, um, I get on my bandwagon for one guy a year, at least one. And this is a guy that that's, that you see in the eighties. I really like him. I, I think I think if he's there with one of those two picks, you're. I will be critical of the Denver Broncos if they pass on him. 
unless there's something else going on but that's still being critical right. you just we don't have all the pieces of the puzzle and that this is something with where pff is right now with him on their board i'm scott and i are gonna have to actively keep each other accountable where every single draft isn't having jalen duncan there at pick 67 or 68 because we want so we'll have to go a few different routes uh, Nick Froze, so I want to read just a little bit. Jeremy Sean comes in. He says, morning, lads. When it comes to offensive line, do you think it's smarter to build it through the draft or through free agency or a combination of both? Um, when you say smarter, that means what would be your preference? My preference for building the offensive line would be through the draft. Um, frankly, if you could only build through the draft, you would, uh, if you could. Um, one, it's, it's a lot cheaper. Two, you've got guys that don't pick up bad habits anywhere else. Three, if you're getting a guy through free agency, it means you paid the most for that guy for the most part. You paid more for that guy than anybody else thought he was worth, including the team he was coming from. So you're overpaying in free agency. Now, that's okay to fill a need. But if I've got my druthers, I would just soon build my entire team through the draft. Now, that's not that's not possible. You can't necessarily do that because you're losing players and you can't get enough players to come in every draft cycle. But I would absolutely build my team through the draft and re-sign and have those guys be Denver Broncos their entire careers if I could. Now, supplement, fill holes, and 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 build through the draft, fill needs, supplement through uh, through free agency. That's That would be my preference. Yeah, if you have a DJ Jones every cycle and then a few, you know, Kareem Jackson returns, Alex Singleton type of signings, and that's fine. Uh, Cam Fleming, you know, those kind of things. We'll get into some of those guys too, but... Um, will be interesting and thank you good to see you jeremy sorry my, sorry my internet just for one second i just kind of pops out and i'm like pausing like take the rain scott because i'm gonna be back but michael ronquillo is back as well sean payton and george payton will be talking at the nfl combine today yeah i think this morning so we don't want to run too long so that way all of us can go get there <clears throat> get there and talk to him the one thing that's a little bit unfortunate is uh being here in seattle and not being at the combine is that they have their podium session session and they have a side session with the local denver media that's not recorded filmed so sometimes you get some really interesting quotes from that uh but we'll get to hear and break down a lot of stuff tonight on uh bronco or building the broncos uh we also got lewis condon coming in saying coffee for nick well appreciate you lewis this one's for me scott sorry back off <laughs> thank you so much okay lewis. We're, we're well taken care of patrick's in he's up early in hawaii let's that what's that six hours for me about four, four i think it's five they don't do uh they don't do daylight savings time so we're about to spring forward so i think it's a five hour difference for him so it's almost 5 a.m for patrick aloha good morning thank you sir enjoying enjoying my lion coffee lioncoffee.com this morning from patrick <sighs> so good kevin asked saying hopefully you're better we got chase wellner coming in good to see you chase our guy kayleon green yo good to see you kayleon robot of doom five saying top of the morning to you lads good to see you degeneration x yeah, Twitch as well. Awesome to see D-Generation X. Good to see you, Mandango Dan. Welcome back, Scott. Good morning to all. And DGX, I had to explain the, uh, the you noticed Chad got into the the, the microphone calling. I he, I don't think he knew what the, the D-Generation X, if you're not down with that. Uh, it sounded like Zach picked up on it, though. So uh, we're, we're, we're teaching some of these, some of these, uh, Chad's not that much younger than me, but Zach is for sure. So watching the old WWF stuff on YouTube. New to me. I was never really that into it. I'm football, sometimes some Hawkeye basketball, but that's uh, pretty much my TV consumption. Although I just started watching it was on the plane and it's right up my alley. So I probably should have started watching it earlier uh, alone on the history channel, you know, like kind of a bushcraft survival dropped mm -hmm. off in the middle of the wilderness. 
kind of thing. I'm not about the hunting, but I, they have to do it to live. So yep. is what it is. Um, but uh, Steve Kennedy, good to see you. Morning, guys. Good to have you back. Good to see you, Steve. Appreciate you coming in. And Degeneration X, our guy coming in, $5 saying, I would love, I would like to take the Texas A&M running back. Uh, you gave that kid, Chris, he is taking it to the house. If you give him the ball, he's taking it to the house. Yeah, that's, uh, I almost took him last, last, in yesterday's mock draft, just because he's somebody I've targeted for the Broncos in those picks. Jalen Duncan was too good of a pick, and I think Scott was about to like punch through his screen uh, or join the chat uh, live if I had passed on Jalen Duncan. No, I didn't even really see. I kind of forget he's there. So, yeah. like, I, I'm not in my draft my draft mode yet as far as, like, which guys to look for. I know that he's yeah. going to be around 90. That's an easy pick for me. Yeah. Uh, but when I saw him, I'm like, you know, and I didn't know if you were if you were going to be as high on him as, as I was. But come on. I mean, you need a tackle. Jalen Duncan's yeah. there. That's a yeah. that's an obvious pick. Um, but we've seen the Broncos skip on obvious in the past. Um, yeah. You know, last year, Abraham Lucas seemed like a pretty obvious pick to me. Went Nick Benito instead. Um, Nick Benito may turn out to be that guy. I'm not nearly as critical of Nick Benito yet as others just because of where he was taken. You take an edge at 60, you know, that's almost 64. a third round. It's a developmental guy. He is. Yeah. You know, you're hoping maybe to get a little bit more for him, but, you know, he's super fast. You've got new strength and addition coaches coming in. You know, that's a that's a five-year run for him. Um, Hopefully. So so we'll see. I'm not, I'm not ready to write off Nick Benito just yet. Yeah, I didn't really love how the Broncos coaches talked about him um, yeah. towards the end of the season. <laughs> a lot of the stuff about uh, made me made me question, you know, some of the work ethic things based on how they were talking about his training and whatnot. And there was some talk about that at Oklahoma as well. So that made mm -hmm. me a little bit concerned, but we'll see how it plays out. And as far as uh, your comment there, thank you for the $5 super asking about Devon a chain uh, track God at Texas A&M hundred meter guy, uh, super fast, uh, small, no doubt, but a really explosive weapon. Somebody that I would be excited to have from this Broncos team could also play kick returner and punt returner. Uh, he's really fast and they gave him the ball a lot. He hasn't, from what I saw, and this is probably more of a Texas A&M issue than it is a Devon A-chain issue, but that he hasn't really translated that speed and athleticism to the receiving game. So that's something that if that, if he has that card, then he's going to be an exceptional player could be, end up being, you know, could honestly end up being the second best running back in this class. Like he has, I think that explosive ability, but also he's a little bit of, he's towing that line of being more of a gadget player because he is smaller back there. He's going to have some issues in pass protection because of that. But if you're using a kind of a multi-tooled backfield with different kind of players out there, then you could do a lot worse than Devon A-Chain uh, from Texas A&M, who's just got different speed out there. I mean, you see him close some angles or make some angles against SEC linebackers and SEC safety. And it's like, oh, he's playing this game on uh, freshman mode, you know, instead of Heisman. And he's on freshman with his ability to create angles and speed. You know, I always say um, guys with legit speed do not cut back. They they trust their speed and they outrun their ankle uh, their ang ankles, outrun their angles. So when you see a guy that's really fast, he's not cutting back. Now those cutbacks and the, the side to side, that makes everybody go, woo! Because not very many people can pin their ears back and outrun an angle. Mm -hmm. So watch those guys. Those are the guys with legit speed. They trust their speed. Keith coming in. And um, Nick, you might have seen a board on this. My seat of the pants analytics may answer differently. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. He says, what value do our third round picks, high two back-to-back high third round picks, if we package them in a draft day trade, is there more value being back-to-back? Uh, I don't necessarily think it's back-to-back. It's just that they're they're high. They're they're you know You're talking about as much stick as Nick Benito got, you basically have two picks right in that same area this year. Um, those are your, those are, are solid picks depending on what you're looking for. Now, if you're drafting a wide receiver, you know, a value position early skill guy, most of those guys are going higher. Everybody else has a little bit of flaws. I think you could go mid second for this, Nick. Um, if you were talking about trading up, what value would they have? You're talking 45. If I were to move up, what would it take? If I package them together and send them to somebody, how high could I get? I think about 45 to 55 is the range uh, for those picks. And honestly, I think you're going to have, it's better for the team building, in my opinion, to take one of those picks there and then use the other one and trade back. It doesn't have to be far, but you need to fill out the roster some with some young cost-controlled players. And we saw the Broncos do this last year twice. They traded in the third round. They traded from, I believe it was 75 to 80 to take Greg Dulcich. And uh, they also traded pick 96 to the Colts, which they ended up getting a fifth last year and, the future third, which is now pick 68. I, I love that deal. That's been one of my favorite George Payton deals when you can uh, pull the dice on a future pick that is ends up being more valuable than the one you traded last year standalone. That's that's a good that's a good philosophy. Well, and Nick, when you think how hard it is to get contributors, like legit contributors early in the draft, it's like, okay, well, we gave away that pick. So what? <laughs> you know, yeah. and to be able to get a much higher pick the next year, worth it. It's almost always worth it um, to just, you know, open your present the day after Christmas if you can. You know, hold off and get the anticipation. It increases in value a lot. It's mm-hmm. it's what you would got it what you would have gotten on the field from that pick this year. To me, more than likely, would not have been worth what you're about to get as far as the upgraded draft pick. And you got a fifth round pick, which I think that one ended up being traded also to go get. Maybe it was the darn uh, Turner Yell pick, Delarin Turner Yell. But uh, either way, you know, more uh, more shots and hopefully you can fill out the special teams with some young, uh, talented players. Jasmine coming in saying, hey, guys, hope you're doing well. Jasmine, always appreciate you. Yeah, good morning, in. Jasmine. You're not always able to join us in the morning. So uh, good, to, good to see you this morning. And I think Jasmine said she's from Atlanta, GA, too. So I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just north of the city up uh, Alpharetta Johns Creek. So not too far away. Jesse Hillborn says, morning, everyone. Love this time of year. Good luck to these kids going out to make the game we love great. I'll tell you what, if it's anything like it was last year, there shouldn't be a single one of them that says, I'm not running. They were running on on trampolines last year, setting all kinds of records. So mm-hmm. um, 
that kind of balances everything out. You know, whether everybody's really slow or everybody's really fast, you're really running against each other there at the event. I used to tell guys, maybe I measured this at 42 yards just to mess with your brain. You know, don't worry about the actual time. See that guy over there? He's got five stars next to a name. his name. I know he's fast. If you're running with him, you're running fast. I don't care what the clock says. So it balances out, but I would be running. I'd be running out yeah. there on that on that turf that we saw that we saw last year. A guy that coming back in with a question, uh, Nick, is before Kareem Hunt's personal issues, he was great to watch. What do you think? No recent issues that I know of. Um, you know, would he be worth a flyer? I know he has a relationship with the Broncos' new uh, running back coach. Uh, he was the Bronco. His name's escaping me. Brought him in from Northwestern. He coached at Ohio State. And it's A N E Y I or something. Anyi. Uh, we'll get the pronunciation hopefully eventually. Hopefully it won't take me the full season like it did last year with Ajiro Evero. But uh, definitely a possibility uh, for the Broncos. I know that the domestic issue was gross and heinous, and it was in the past, and he's you know served a punishment for that. I'm not here to be jury, you know, judge and everything. But uh, the Broncos have to do in the work for that, and they'll have to come to a decision about what's worth it or not. Personally speaking, if I was running this business, I probably wouldn't be making a move on somebody like that that has a, a history of something like that. But that's me, you know, sitting where I don't have really stakes in the game of hitting on these players like they do. So uh, I also don't have the personal relationship like uh, the new Broncos new running back coach does. So they'll do the research. If they don't bring him in, that's fine. But when he was with Kansas City, I mean, really good running back. Hold on the football. I loved him at Toledo. Uh, he was one of my favorite players in that draft. I've I've been pretty good with day th round three through round five running backs in the past, but uh, good player. We'll be interesting to see what happens. I would think there's probably a decent relationship there because the best recruiters on a college staff are usually the running backs coaches because there's not much to coach with running backs. Running backs are born. You hear them say all the time, oh, you can't coach that when you see a running back do something, you know, <laughs> make a move or look like he's got 360 degree vision. There's, there's not a whole lot of coaching you do with those guys. You recruit those guys. Your best recruiters are usually the running back coaches, so he's probably got pretty good personal relationships with several players um, around around the NFL. Because you're not just—it's not just the—you don't just form bonds with guys that you got; you form them with guys you didn't get. It's like, hey, I really love that coach, but you know what? I'm going to Michigan, not Northwestern. Um, mm -hmm. So he could be—he could be someone to keep an eye on in the in the free agency pitches as well. Yeah. Certainly possible. Uh, Eric LH coming in saying, good morning. I know offensive line is priority, but what about the Broncos uh, chasing after Bobby Wagner and a stud running back in free agency? Y you guys know, I'm not really the biggest fan of expending big at the linebacker position. I think Bobby Wagner is probably chasing hardware at this point, as is his right. So I can't imagine him coming to Denver unless you overpay, and I would not overpay for a linebacker. As far as the stud running back goes, it always makes me concerned to pay a running back big money now with where the Broncos are at right now with where the NFL is at right now. I think you could pay, if you wanted to pay a running back a big two year contract, essentially, then I could get behind it, but it's when it gets into, you know, four or five years down the line and you're paying them huge guaranteed, relatively huge to the running back guaranteed money. I would say absolutely no way, but if you can bring in somebody who's a really good running back and it's essentially a two year contract, I would be okay with it, but I just want to see what the market looks like also. Couple guys uh, want to hit on in free agency as the as the talk's going. Um, Rock Chalk Broncos coming in with a super. Appreciate that coming in Broncos orange matches your whole picture and everything. 
uh, talking about big money at, at the running back free agency. So I've seen a lot of theorizing that the Broncos signing a big money running back in free agency just makes me, well, you might want to smack your head, shake your head. Running back is a need, but not a priority. I like the idea of bringing back Murray and maybe Edmonds on a new deal. Um, who other than that do you prefer? Again, you know, you know, Nick's talked a little bit about, you know, Javante Williams. Let's just assume that he's not going to be available and anything that, that that the Broncos are able to get out of him would be gravy. Um, there will be some good scouting to be done over the next three or four months because you can get a good back at a, with a late round pick. Uh, we can we can list names upon names upon names. Latavius Murray was taken off a practice squad last year. Uh, Tyler Algier, who went for set an Atlanta Falcons rookie record, went for about 1,100 yards. He was taken in the fifth round. Uh, Pachenko, what seventh round, Nick? You know, I always say with a small enough sample size, I can prove everything. So this isn't a well, why would we do that? Tom Brady was taken in the sixth or seventh round. No, no, no. This is a big sample size. There are a lot of good running backs to be had later on in the draft, Nick. There are. I still think for the Broncos this cycle, getting some certainty uh, in a mid-tier short-term running back would not be the worst route to go. Uh, but I'm not about paying, you know, Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley market-setting deal for the running back position. Yeah, 12, Unless it's a two-year deal. If it's like a two-year, why would they sign a two-year deal, right? That's the other thing. But uh, I think it is a priority just because of how dependent Russell Wilson is, in my opinion, at this point in his career on the running game, Uh, forcing teams out of sub packages, forcing teams out of two high safety shells. So that way Russell Wilson can get those uh, holes down the field and zone versus a cover one and a cover three. It's not happening when teams don't respect your running game. So offensive line, number one. There's no question here. I'm not going to argue that, but I think that running back, and this is crazy coming from me because I used to be running backs don't matter no matter what kind of guy, but when you have a, there's a difference between how the team is being built right now with Russell Wilson versus, you know, ideally with a Peyton Manning and also how teams have changed from a cover three centric defense where you have a uh, horizontal shots and uh, the run fills have bring more bodies into the box versus the Vic Fangio cover two, cover four, cover six, where there's space to be had up front. Uh, so it's uh, Scott said it a hundred times. It's cyclical out there. And right now we're in an area where I think there's actually almost a, a value to be had on some of the running backs. It's a volatile position though. So you don't want to pay them long-term, but like you're paying a top running back, the same money as like about the 40th wide receiver right now in the NFL. So that, I think there's value to be had. It's such a, it's such a big part of this offense, Nick. I wanted to yeah. look it up and I was like, I bet there's 500 touches at least between Ingram and Kamara in a Sean Payton offense. So I just I just went and looked it up. Um, Kamara had 120 carries. Ingram had, and this is 2017. They had 350 carries between them. And then they had 139 receptions. So they're, you know, they're touching the ball 500 times. Yeah, that's a lot. So a little bit of money in there wouldn't be such a bad thing. Little guy comes in. He wants a right tackle, though. He says, just to be on the safe side, I would like to see Denver grab Mike McClinchy or Caleb McGarry in free agency. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
that's going to eat up almost all your free agent money. And that Nick, <laughs> a good, a good chunk of it by the time you try and take care of your own, because Phil comes in with some stars also, uh, some big stars. And Phil had that big explosion yesterday, came in with 10,000 stars yesterday on Facebook. Thank you, Phil. He says, good morning and welcome back, Scott. Thank you, sir. Happy to catch you live. And we're glad you're here. You guys think they would place a tag on Draymond Jones for roughly $20 million. So again, that would be a big chunk of change if you were to go and, and get a, and let's face it, if you were to get McGlinchey or McGarry, it'd end up being top five right tackle money. Yeah, when, when you're signing those guys this season, you probably still can do both, but it's going to be the situation where the cap hit is very low in the first year and then explodes year two, year three on the deal. We see that all the time. Uh, so that's just kind of how a lot of these finances work uh, on these teams. So the Broncos could do that, and I think it's possible they tag Draymond Jones. I've said on here I'm hoping to pay him somewhere between 15 to $17.5 million per year, maybe even 18 You know, if he's twisting my arm a bit. But uh, anything beyond that, I get a little bit. Don't love it. And uh, some news today, Dron Payne uh, from the Washington Commanders gets the tag, uh, according to Adam Schefter. I saw that on Instagram this morning. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong on that one. But uh, tags are coming in here, uh, starting to, and Dron Payne was considered to be one of the best possible free agents this upcoming cycle maybe makes the value for Draymond Jones go a little bit higher totally different players uh, even though they've listed at the same position but still it'll be interesting I think it's possible Broncos don't want to do it but they also it sounds like they do not want to lose Draymond Jones at the same time so it could happen Gary Palmer coming in says love MHH appreciate the, your patience Gary saw this come in a few minutes ago uh, he says but you guys are my favorite Broncos for breakfast for life thank you sir we're probably right at two years Nick um, it has to be probably in the next week or two that we've been doing this for two full years now. I think we started in the end of March because it was after free agency. Like it was after like, we were like, Oh, the Broncos that's, that's need cornerback, right. but they don't need cornerback because they just signed two. Well, we they moved still to three days a week in April. So it was, it, we're coming up on two full years though. So mm -hmm. uh, Gary's been with us from the beginning. A lot of y'all have, um, you know, we're, we're having a lot of fun doing this and uh, we're able to do it because a guy like Gary coming in like this fuchsia coming in hot pink. Yeah, big one too. You guys are killing out the supers today. Sorry if I didn't say hello to everybody. I saw falling sloths in here. How you doing? A few other people want to say hello to, but we got to get to the supers and get to our point of the the topic of the show. Uh, Degeneration oh, yeah. X saying uh, a chain reminds me a lot of Chris Johnson who played at Tennessee Titans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really interesting player. Uh, Chris was so unique. He, they definitely have a speed, similar speed profile, but speed can be overrated at the running back position if you don't have the division. Granted. Texas A&M, while they recruit really well, they're not really good at developing offensive line talent. Uh, so A-Chain, the fact that he's able to do that behind not a superstar, you know, Georgia, Alabama uh, offensive line, I think is a, a benefit to him. So I, I like him a lot. If the Broncos took him at pick 68, then I'd, I'd be okay with it because he is a, you're not going to find speed like that later very often. But I do like A-Chain a lot. Uh, John Clay Evington, $10, saying, Good morning, gents. I was beyond happy with the three offensive line picks, draft offensive tackle, and two op interior offensive line thoughts. If they're the best player on the board or they're close to it and they fit your scheme and they fit your personality, what you're looking for, then sure, I don't really, that'd be great. Uh, hopefully, the Broncos address the offensive line well before then uh, via free agency at a couple spots, at least walk away with one starter and one person who could start if the draft doesn't fall out the way you like. You know, I've mentioned on here, Isaac. Semialu, if you sign him and he's your plug and play left guard, and then you also have uh, you bring back Cam Fleming, uh, that you'd be okay with starting at right tackle if you ended up taking a round four 
right tackle later on. That's hopefully more developmental that can patch you a season. I know nobody wants the patch because we've had the right tackle patch for years, but you're not going to be able to fill out every single spot on the roster and you don't want to reach or overspend just to fill a need when sometimes you do that and it doesn't work out very well. Broncos history here. Jawan James, you paid him big money. Maybe you shouldn't have. Just throwing money at it doesn't fix a problem if it's not the right person. And then also uh, about a decade ago now, but the Broncos drafted Scott, you'll know this name, in the early second round, Ty Sambrilo. Not a very good player. Did not work out very well despite making that uh, second round investment. So you got to make sure the player talent and the evaluation matches the draft slot. Yeah, I think it's getting, I don't know if it's getting better or not. It seems like it is. You know, like a lot of the guys, I've always said, if an idiot like me can pick a guy out, then these guys should be able to pick a guy out. But then, you know, Braxton Jones falls to the fifth or sixth. You know, he was a long arms, good feet, Mm -hmm. you know, um, strong. How does he fall that low? You know, and he ended up being maybe the best offensive tackle as a rookie. Um, So who knows? Who knows? Uh, I guess Marcus Mariota was just released as one of the uh, that's breaking news. Uh, I was surprised it actually. Yeah, there it goes. came up. Um, Gary Smith has that. I just see my text coming in um, as my phone is blowing up that Mariota was released. I'm like, yeah, that was the most obvious thing. I think ESPN had an article on one player each team could move on from. And they like say Marcus Mariota. I'm like, come on. That one's too obvious. Uh, we know that one. So, um, would he be de- a decent quarterback too? You know, that's, that's going to be a question that could come up. Yeah, he would be, he would be, he, uh, he was on 12 to 14 last year. Um, get him for five or six. He could be a, a, a decent backup quarterback option. Yeah, really could be, um, falling sloth. There you are. Good morning. Good to see you falling sloth. And uh, hopefully said hello to almost everybody mm-hmm. here. And we sorry, you already one. said this one. I wanted to, before I got interrupted and distracted, um, three offensive line in this draft. Uh, you know, Zach has been really pounding on the table of right tackle, and it's not that we we disagree. Um, I just think if I could get a center and a guard for the price of a right tackle, and that was all I could do, I would do it. Um, I would say fix the interior line first because it's cheaper, because you, you can't. I think I can really nail my interior line in one off season. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I can do both. And for me, the bigger weakness was the interior line versus the right tackle. And if I fix right tackle, but don't address the interior line, I'm still screwed. Mm-hmm. If I fix the interior line, I was okay at right tackle. Now I can maybe address that next year or get lucky. But there, I don't know that you can fix the whole thing. I know I can get a lot better quickly on the interior first this year, this year with what's available to me in, in free agency and, and draft picks. Yeah. And bear with me here going down the rabbit hole it's had, but I think you've heard me mention it on here, Scott, but I think compared to the market uh, where the market will set these players, the interior offensive line for the Broncos is more valuable. Uh, so you paying, let's say, $10 for the Broncos is going to go farther for this scheme with this quarterback than it is compared to what the market would pay for $10 because of how dependent the Broncos offense is going to be on running the football because of Russell Wilson's height disadvantage and not being able to see over the offensive line from time to time, getting really strong stalwart uh, anchors on the interior is going to, even though the right tackle is a more valuable position, getting spending equal value on the interior probably will take you just as far as uh, spending 
more money on right tackle. So I think investing per, per dollar, I think investing on the interior offensive line is actually probably a better bet for the Broncos. I think you can kind of get away a little bit with some issues at right tackle. If you just have somebody who's not getting killed out there um, compared to the interior offensive line where it was not good enough last year, you need to have, I feel good about Quinn Miners, but hopefully one or one more really good player than one more average player on the interior line where last year, I mean, let's say you had a, you brought back Dalton Reisner. He's like the lowest I'd be willing to accept back. You'd have to have the other player next to him though, at center being a five-star four-star plus player mm-hmm. at that position. Um, that way you can have a strength there and really, you know, set up the run game, uh, really anchor better at the point of attack in the pass game and make that a, a strength of the offense. So Again, right tackle, more valuable, harder to find, scarcity, et cetera, et cetera. It's been an issue on the Broncos for a long time. But I think, you know, line them up side by side. If you're spending your dollars on it, I think you're going to get a better ROI based on what the market is for the interior versus right tackle. Yeah, there's there's a lot to a lot to unpack there. You know, um, it will it will be fun. It, there's mm-hmm. the good news is there's enough holes that you should see immediate improvement. <laughs> the bad news is you probably can't plug all those holes in one off season. Yeah, absolutely. You are correct on that one. Uh, we got Montana altitude coming in saying the impact of quality coaching on mediocre players. Hopefully will be a positive for future draft picks. You'd hope uh, proofs in the pudding. I'm more of a believer in the players take a majority of the onus on their own ability and output. But uh, obviously, if you have terrible coaching, it makes an impact, kind of like what we saw with the Broncos last season. So coaching does matter a lot. I do think 75% of it, though, is on the individual player getting it done and uh, figuring it out. But we'll see how it works this season. DWI, guys, uh, I guess Sean Payton's on the stand right now. Says uh, Payton said Vance Joseph's work with Arizona is what made him choose uh, Vance Joseph over other defensive coordinator candidates. Uh, The Arizona job was tougher than people think. Uh, We've said that on here, so hopefully not tougher than what we said. (laughs) <laughs> um yeah the Arizona job was I, I wasn't willing to especially this last year I'm not grading anybody on what happened in Arizona when they absolutely threw in the towel I mean mm-hmm. ownership general manager they threw in the freaking towel uh without a doubt um and uh DWI guys throwing us a life preserver here making sure we stay afloat so thank you thank you sir um did you get Rob Bucksbaum with the Jenkins free agency Nick I know you like no. him Okay, no, I not. I don't know who he's talking about with Jenkins. Yeah, me neither. Um, t- I really like Tevin Jenkins coming out of Oklahoma State, but he still has he be a free agent yet. He has two years of control left with the yeah. uh, with the Bears, and he's been a really good guard for them, uh, moving from right tackle to guard. So uh, they need help on the offensive line. I don't think he's a. Uh, there was some talk of him being available for trade a year ago. Now, as the scheme was changing, but uh, no, he's a uh, he's still there in Chicago, and I think he was pretty good at guard last season for them. And did you get um, Montana Altitude? Yes, I did. Okay, yeah, because the Montana Altitude here, yes, you're you're absolutely right. You know, being cohesive, the sum of the parts, the, the team was worse than the sum of its parts last year. You can make a team better than the sum of its parts. I know that sounds ludicrous, but you can get these guys playing much better than their individual profiles. And, and you know, that's that's what coaching's for. And that's why I was so adamant about a first round pick for Sean Payton is not too much. If he, if, if you believe, and I do that Sean Payton is an excellent coach, he's going to make 53 guys better. 
-hmm. one first round pick will not have the same impact on your team as the right head coach. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I, we will never know for sure. Um, but you know, you know, hitting a home run on a, on a cost controlled Pat Sertan won you 12 games in two years, you know, you would have been better off with Sean Payton than Pat Sertan over the last two years. Um, so yes, good coaching will make a difference, especially on that offensive line, Nick, you know, we heard horror stories about that offensive line coaching for goodness sakes. Yeah, hopefully they like the new guy coming in a little bit because there was a pretty much an outright mutiny with the offensive line coach last season. But Scott, we got to get into our main topic here before we run out of time. <laughs> um, <laughs> Broncos free agents. There's a lot of them here and a lot of players that are pretty ho-hum. So Scott, uh, stop me. I'm reading a list here, so I'm not going to be able to see you. Oh, Jenkins, Green Bay. Elton Jenkins, he signed a record-setting deal um, two months ago for the Packers. And then second, like second highest paid guard in, uh, in, in the league behind Quentin Nelson right now. Yep, and then and ten we'll minutes later, third when, Chris Lindstrom, when Chris Lindstrom gets his extension, yeah. And ironically, I came in, you know, back in I want to say November. I was like, these are the two players that if they hit the market, I'd be the most interested in paying. Elton Jenkins and Jack Conklin, both those guys signed new contracts within like ten minutes of each other. I'm like, well, there goes my <laughs> hopes and dreams. Um, but I guess that means I'm on the right track of the guys who would be valuable uh, hitting the market. But yeah, uh, those guys are often now the the pool is a little bit worse, which is not shocking. But the free agents for the Broncos, talking about the pool, uh, Scott, you're going to have to stop me via your talking um, to let me know because I'm pulling it up uh, on a different webpage, so I can't see it here. But uh, some names here: Broncos have 24 players that are unrest- or 24 players that are restricted free agents. Or excuse me, Scott, 24 players that are free agents. Some of them unrestricted, some restricted, some uh, exclusive rights free uh, restricted free agents. We'll get into that here. Um, some of the top players here: Broncos, Calvin Anderson, stay or go or meh pass, you know, if, if we bring him back, it's fine. Oh, I would take either one or the other, maybe, um, you know, he's at, he's listed at the top cause he was making the most of the pending free agents since you, you know, traded That's Bradley crazy. Chubb at two and a half million. Yeah. You can do better. Mm-hmm. You, you can do better than him. Yeah. Uh, he's still young ish at 27. He should be on the ascendancy. Honestly, I don't see it. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't see it, Nick. If you bring him back on Vetman and then he's somebody who's competing for a spot next season and you cut him when you get down to 53, right. that's the type yeah, of player. Part of your is, 90, you know, you know yes. part of your part of your your fall 90. But I'm thinking of like guys, when we do this conversation, I want to do it as like, would you want him as part of your 53 next year? And I I just I, I wanna I want an upgrade there. I really do. Yeah. And the other issue with him is he's a backup tackle who is significantly better at left tackle. He's not Which a versatile no player. Sense. Yeah. So you need if you're going to be, you know, your second wave of the offensive line, you need to be able to at least play two sp- positions. And he can play right tackle. He was given the opportunity, given a runway, mm-hmm. right tackle last season, and didn't take it. And it's just much better at left tackle. So as a backup, that's just not good enough for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, the second highest on there was, uh, and we'll we'll come back to that real quick as Deanna comes in, coming in orange. She's up early with us too. Thank you, Deanna. She says offensive line is key with a line. Wilson's going to break out some great free agents out there. Yeah, I mean, I always say the uh, you know the best pass defense is a quarterback on his butt. Well, works the other way too. You know, mm-hmm. the worst offense is a quarterback running for his life. If I can't run the ball and and I become very predictable and I can these guys are pinning their ears back and I'm in third and long all the time, it's tough to play offense. So. 
establishing a running game and working off of that will best suit Russell Wilson. And Sean Payton loves, loves using the running backs. Loves it. I think I talked earlier, Deanna, you might not have been on. 2017, just for an example, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram had 500 touches between them. 139 receptions as an extension of the running game, the short passing game that way. Yeah. Something that Wilson struggles with, but they'll have to figure out. I think they'll still have to figure out a way to implement it in there, but uh, we'll see. It's going to be a new offense this year uh, with uh, Sean Payton in town. Next two here, still offensive line for the Broncos, Billy Turner and Tom Compton. I don't think we get to waste very much time, Scott. Billy Turner couldn't be healthy. Tom Compton, when he played, probably had one of the highest sacks per pass rushing rep or pass blocking rep of any player in the history of the NFL. (laughs) He gave up like three sacks in the one game that he was in. He was just, I know he has back issues. There's some talk of him even like retiring last season that I heard. So uh, sayonara to both of them. Yeah, 32 and 34 years old and couldn't stay healthy. Thanks. Uh, But no thanks. Mike Boone. Um, he skipped I don't one. know. I've, I've, I've talked about him a lot. You know, the, the legend of Mike Boone, you know, remember that one time, you know, he was really awesome that one game and he got a, a lot of play. He made $5 million off the Broncos and had what 30 carries. Um, I don't know. There, there's a reason why he was never on the field. Yeah. He had, he saw some injuries, this, this, and this, but I can do better than that. $2 million. I went and looked it up one time. And the, the contract that he got was <clears throat> he was getting paid more than some number ones. And he was getting paid more than all but like three number twos. And he was a number three. Yeah. And they paid him to be a number two because uh, it was prior to them signing or drafting Javonta Williams. But uh, couldn't stay healthy. He's one of the ones that same conversation for me for Cal- as Calvin Anderson. Vet minimum filling out the roster. And then uh, Scott, uh, hopefully you're with me still uh, filling out the roster and then you know, could make the 53 if he shows out in camp and training and uh, preseason. But if not, that's fine. You only gave him a vet minimum contract, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I know that uh, he's not one we're interested in. First one that we're really interested in here, probably for the Broncos, Kareem Jackson. Now he struggled last season, but right now I saw a question earlier, who plays safety opposite Justin Simmons. You'd like to do better than Kareem Jackson, but the Broncos might have to skim a little bit on the defensive side of the ball, bringing in Kareem to compete with a Caden Stearns or the PJ lock might not be the worst avenue if he comes in what do you get paid last year almost nothing uh two million let's say it's 1.5 this year it'll be 35 man yeah i talking very cheap (laughs) i mean again you're getting what you're paying for at some point you know and and i don't know I, i just i think it's time for some new blood to move on i i i'm a kareem jackson fan i like the fact that he never gives up out there you talk about not having enough dogs maybe but I just feel like you can uh, you can do better. You can do better there. Time for time for a regime change, Nick. Yeah, yeah. I if he's cheap, I would be okay bringing him back just because I think he's a good locker room guy as well. Um, but he needs to know that he's coming in probably the backup. It's training and setting up Caden Stearns, and you are a reserve uh, and playing in cert- certain packages out there. I think it's good to have some of those guys on the roster, but if you're in a position where he comes in next year season, it is the bone, no doubt starter. Then that's a problem at the safety position. Uh, Dalton Reisner. He's going to get paid more than I think the Broncos will value him. Uh, glad the Broncos got four years of cost control at a interior offensive line position. It's too bad. They took him over uh, Elton Jenkins in the draft who went to, I think like three or four picks later, but uh, 
it's run its course. I for another name for those Broncos fans in here that might remember, it's the Zane Beatles uh, situation. He's going to get paid more by somebody else. He was fine in Denver, but uh, we got him for four years. Thank you for the time. I can't imagine uh, him being back in Denver, given what it seems like the market's going to be for him. Um, yeah, Spot Rack puts him at like nine and Lloyd Cushenberry at seven. No, um, you know, I, I, I didn't have the buildup of good capital, you know, good feelings of Dalton Reisner playing well as a rookie and like, okay, I'd really like to see him move on. He's got all this potential. I came in last year, so I've watched him for two years and he hasn't been good. Um, I, I understand he's, you know, really solid in the community. Great. But that's not what you're paying him. Let him do that after the fact, you know, when he retires, come back to Denver, give him keys to the city. But he has not been good as a Denver Bronco in the two years that I've been watching. Offer him two and a half, come and compete. He'll turn it down and go somewhere else. Mm. Thank you for your service. That's, uh, that's how I would steal it. And let's, let's go, let's move on one here with Brett Rippon as well. The string guy asked, Scott, do you see Denver bringing a backup quarterback in free agency? Yes. I think you need to improve your QB2 over Brett Rippon. Uh, what do you what do you think, Nick? Yeah, Brett Rippon, if you want if he's still here, I think he's a is he on this list as a um rest- he is restricted free agent. Sure. Cheap restricted free agent, bring him back as the third guy. Apparently he's really nice to have in the room. God bless you. But if he goes if you go into next season with him as the number two, I'm gonna be ticked off uh you have yeah. to bring in somebody better and also we've had mike Kliss uh last week do an interview saying the broncos are looking at quarterback options right now it's pretty much like what we've said on here you know i know that the some people have said that i'm pretty harsh on russell wilson or that some of the people are pretty harsh on russell wilson well team is looking at options right now to set themselves up where if he struggles again midway through next season they might go a different direction to protect themselves right. from the injury guarantees on the contract to move on from him it's just the callous, cold reality of where this team is at. We saw that happen last year twice. We saw it happen last year with Matt Ryan and Indianapolis Colts. They benched him so he to protect him and protect themselves from a guaranteed injury. If they get injury, his contract vests automatically. And we saw it with Derek Carr last mm-hmm. year with the Raiders. Um, it could happen again. So yes, I think I think you're going to need an upgrade uh, at QB two next year. And going free agent route would would wouldn't be a bad way to do it. And Nick, we weren't you we weren't too tough. There are some people say the, the, you know that you aren't tough enough on them. Michael Rankio coming in. It's a Sean Payton press conference at the NFL Combine was great. Looking forward to it. I'll uh, I'll go through some of the highlights and post them on Mile High Huddle uh, as clips later on today. Appreciate you, Michael. Yeah, absolutely to that. And we got a few more names we're gonna have to run through here. Cam Fleming. I'd love to bring back Cam Fleming. Um, he's one of my favorite players on this team last year for what they paid and what they got. Also the difference between the general fans perspective on him versus what I saw uh, was a fine um, player, but uh, yeah, no, the, I would love to bring back Cam Fleming uh, for a good swing tackle money. And uh, if you have to go next year with him at right tackle, because your third round pick is not quite ready yet, or it doesn't work out for you in the draft, I can survive with that for a year. Uh, I'd be okay with that. It's not ideal. It's not long-term, but you are covering your ass. Uh, so to speak, at a position where you need your ass to be covered. So you take that money that that Calvin Anderson was making at two five, cut it in half, and give that to Ian, to uh, Ian Fleming. I've done that before. Cam Fleming, uh, and give, give him from one point two to two point five or three, and he is your third tackle. Yeah, I can live with that without yeah. a doubt. I would I would rather have Cam back than than Calvin Anderson. Oh, without a doubt, because Cam left tackle, right tackle, and guard. Um, 
he's a, he's a valuable player that you want. And I think Colin's not talking about Cam here. I think he's talking about, no, he's Russell. talking about Russell Wilson and, yeah. and the, the criticisms of Russell Wilson and his play are valid. Uh, some of this, mm-hmm. this other stuff, you know, attacking his personal character is cheap. Um, yeah. And that's not what we're talking about, Colin. I know you're not either um, that, you know, we're, we're, we're very uh, critical of his play. It wasn't good enough. And he said it wasn't good enough. He agrees. Yep. Uh, tight end slash fullback. Now I got three hitting free agency. Broncos are going to have to do some sort of move at tight end slash fullback. It really is going to depend on what offense they want to run. Uh, but I think all these guys could be gone. You could see some new blood in here, but maybe they bring back one Eric Tomlinson, Andrew Beck, Eric Saubert. If you wanted to bring back Andrew Beck or Eric Saubert on a close to vet uh, minimum deal uh, to fill out the roster and give yourself a one less position that you have to attack in free agency in the draft. Fine. I think Tomlinson was mm-hmm. too disappointing last year to hit for him to be one of those players. But Andrew Beck, especially if the Broncos want to run more uh, heavy personnel next season. I'd be okay with him coming back. Now, granted, there are some fullback uh, tight end types in the draft that maybe would make Andrew Beck a little bit more uh, irrelevant where you can go younger, cheaper, more long term perspective with the position. But you, I think you need that guy. He's already pretty cheap. He's 26. Yeah. He'll be 27 next year. He's at 1.2 million. Fullback, versatile, H-back, some tight end. I, I would uh, I would bring it back Andrew Beck. Be fine with him. Uh, keep moving on here. Next three names. Deshaun Williams, Latavius Murray, and Alex Singleton. Alex Singleton, probably the number two on my list of guys I'd like back. I would like to copy and paste Josie Jewell's contract and give that to Singleton. If that's too much or if that's too little for him, I'd probably let him walk. Uh, I think he's a great player. He also seems like a very good dude, so I'm wishing him nothing but the best. Go get that money, sir. Uh, but uh, I think that I would probably copy paste Jules contract. And if, again, if that's not enough, then I can find another option out there. Latavius Murray. I'd let the first wave of free agency go through before I'd approach him. Uh, I don't think his market is going to be crazy. He's going to be 33 years old next season. I just can't imagine him being super valuable on the market. So you can let, if you, you can go approach other options first and then come back to Latavius Murray, if you want, heck, he could even be on your practice squad next season. You're older. Uh, somewhat of a limited uh, role at this point in his career as well. One of the Sean things that's interesting to me, Nick, because I want to I want to take this from you and then uh, lead into what Ethan's saying, uh, coming with a big super, is how long it takes to get to Draymond Jones on average salary on here. When you're going down the list and you're talking about average salary and you, you start seeing guys, you're like, Latavius Murray was making more than Draymond. Eric Saubert was making more. Andrew Beck, Cam Fleming, Eric Tomlinson. Mike Boone, all making more than Draymond. You see why Draymond would be a little interested in making as much as he can. Draymond's out for Draymond. I don't mind that. No. And uh, go ahead and read this one while I uh, choke over here. Okay. And real quick, while Scott's choking, this is just also proves the point of how valuable hitting on your draft picks are. Draymond Jones was a very valuable player on this Broncos team last year. And look how far down he is compared to these other players in terms of his salary cap hit last year. If you can continuously build a team through the mid rounds of the draft and hit on your picks rounds two to five and get not a, a, getting started is getting guys who can contribute. That makes everything so much easier for you. So Draymond Payton said that he has productive conversation with Draymond and his agent. We will see a uh, great February gents in Broncos country. Thank you, Ethan. You helped make it a great February. We appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. When we're talking about Draymond, the, you know, People watch him say, Draymond's very cool. You know, he when he asks him something, he's very flippant. He's got a really dry sense of humor. And people are already kind of rationalizing. Well, he doesn't want to be here. Who, who, when did he ever say that? You know, he said, mm-hmm. well, I'm here now. 
you know, do you want to be here? I'm here now. That's just, you can pick up on his personality. That, that's just Draymond being Draymond. He's got a very dry sense of humor. If they show a commitment, smart. a financial yeah. commitment to Draymond Jones, Draymond Jones will be a Denver Bronco. I, mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe that. He's not just trying to get out, Nick. Appreciate yeah. you, Ethan. Yeah, Ethan coming in big. That's, I think, his second super of the day. So we really do appreciate that. Uh, keeping this list moving. We said Deshaun Williams. I'd be fine, Deshaun. Again, coming in, you're paying Deshaun Williams as your, let's say you lose Draymond Jones and Deshaun Williams comes in and fills that role for cheap. Let's say like a two-year, uh, $3.5 million contract or a $3 million. What's he getting paid right now? Um, he made $1.16. So let's say you pay Deshaun Williams and he's getting a two-year $2.5 million contract. I'd be okay with that. If he's setting up to be a starter next season, not a big fan of that, but uh, he's a fine player as a, I really love to have him in a rotation and you need to have bodies and different versatile skill sets up front. I know that I said, you know, Dray- uh, the defense fell off last season when Draymond came in and Deshaun Williams uh, didn't really make a huge impact. He found me on Twitter and said, check again. And uh, I went back and watched a few of his games and Deshaun, I will say you played when I focused in on you, it wasn't all on you for the defense falling off a cliff. Uh, as the season went on, I still don't think he is a starting guy you want starting on your defense, but he's one of those guys that every team with a good defense has because he can fill multiple roles and come in and play different packages. And you need to have a rotation of uh, fresh bodies out there, and he can be a very good part of a rotation. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan of his as coming in situationally. I like his mm-hmm. effort. He's undersized. He's scrappy. He's kind of an underdog. Um, when he got thrown into a starting all like, Eesh, I didn't mean that. <laughs> you know, my first time watching the Broncos preseason last year, I said, this is my preseason defensive player of the year, but that was, uh, that's not quite what I meant. So, uh, and Colin says, you know, all the players should be out for themselves. Cause you know, yes, they should, you know, who, who's going to look out for them? The league's not going to look out for them. The team's not going to look out for them. They have to look out for themselves. And I don't blame Draymond one bit. Nope. Why would you go make that money? Um, it's a rough league. We see how many of these guys have long-term detriments uh, to their health yeah, the reason you're in it is because love of the game, of course, but chance to make some real life-changing money for your family and uh, make what you can while you can. A few names here um, for the Broncos. Uh, Scott, you can stop me if any of these ones stand out. We already talked about Britt Rippon. Be fine bringing him back, restricted free agent as the third running, uh, third quarterback. But Darius Phillips, meh. Marlon Mack, meh. Dakota Allen, meh. Uh, those are the uh, un, uh, undrafted those are free what agents. we call Jags. Yeah, just another guy or just a guy. Those are just guys on the team. They're replaceable. And if they you get them to come back, great. If not, that's okay too. Uh, then we have our restricted free agents besides Brett, uh, Brett Rippon. I'd be okay bringing back these two. Uh, PJ Locke, third safety, fourth safety. He's been fine out there. I really like him. Uh, 26 years old. Uh, you get another year of control for a player like that. That's great. I sang Bassey at uh, 24 years old. He's one that hopped around from practice squad to the roster he's still a restricted free agent though so i'd be okay with it bringing him back to see if maybe somebody like jaquan mcmillan can beat him out but uh for a restricted free agent he's one of the 90 maybe not one of the 53 the last restricted free agent they have here scott i'm not even gonna pretend that i have an idea of his value and whether or not they should bring him back jacob bobemeyer the long snapper yeah we have new special teams people in here if they want to bring in a new special bucks. teams guy Million yep. bucks if you if you trust them. That's where you're you're going. Um, I don't know whether to trust them or not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be honest. Michael Rancio coming in, closing us out here. Says great show today, Nick and Scott. Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Thank yeah. you, sir. Appreciate yeah, the stars absolutely. and all the support on all of our shows. And he's rocking his new Buck Buckham shirt. 
Buckham. I gotta love it. Uh, finally, we have three exclusive rights free agents on here. I'd bring them all back, and they're all guys who will compete. Uh, Jonathan uh, Kongbo, Jonas Griffith, and Corliss Waitman. Hopefully, you're replacing Corliss Waitman, but as an exclusive rights free agent, happy to have him until you find the replacement kind of situation for me. Yeah, and I was disappointed. I think we all were in Jonas Griffith this year. You know, ran into some injuries. Um, Good special luckily, teams, though. Luckily, yeah. you got a lot out of Alex Singleton. Yeah. You know, that was a good insurance policy to have. With the size and physical ability of Jonas Griffith, I was hoping to see him out there. So hope, hopefully he comes back and has a, a good year and starts fulfilling some of that potential we saw in him at the end of the 2021 season. Yeah, absolutely. And we have finally one last one here. I haven't seen this name uh, very often on here, but want to shout out uh, Heath Holmes. Morning. Good morning to you. Uh, he says, I feel a coverage specialist linebacker would be helpful. Your thoughts. The issue with your coverage specialist specialist linebacker is that with how teams are playing, teams are moving away from the coverage special. A lot of teams are moving away from the coverage specialist linebacker because why would you play a coverage specialist linebacker when you could play a defensive back? Right. right? So like you already have a guy out there at linebacker who's, if you're saying coverage specialist is a detriment to your run defense, your ability to fill gaps. Well, I have safeties who can do just the exact right. same thing but better. Um, so if you can find a linebacker who is fine in run support, can play in the box uh, in like a four, two, five kind of front or a, th- a five, I guess not a five, one, we're moving on from the penny front, but let's say just a four, two, five uh, nickel defense. And he's okay there. That's fine. You can find somebody like that, but you're getting pretty far down the, the niche roles uh, when you're doing that. And how much is it worth to pay that? I don't know. Uh, it also depends on the defense. If you're playing much more of a three, four defense with a will linebacker, where that uh, he's almost essentially almost a safety linebacker hybrid moving out to cover the slot from time to time. That's fine. There's just, there's so few linebackers that you'd rather have out in that space than a defensive back. I mean, there's maybe five to 10 in the league and those guys get paid. So I don't know. It's just, I feel like it's more of an idealized position uh, that people want. than there's actual guys out there that can fulfill that role. Yeah. And how many guys do you see that can run out there with the tight ends? One, Fred Warner is about the only one I've seen that can drop back like that. He's pretty unique. You know, the short answer, Keith, is what Nick basically said. I'd rather play a safety in that spot and uh, and, and get a little bit more speed. Yeah, without a doubt. And I'm just kind of looking at some of the coverage grades here on PFF. One name that uh, a couple of names that do make some sense here for that position that'll be free agents this year. Maybe the Broncos would be interested in bringing that money in. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, it finally started to click for him this season for the Bills. He's going to get paid a good deal, but he's only still like 23, 24 years old as a free agent. So you get some value from him uh, still on his contract. And then you have long term uh, star, um, really probably one of the most underrated players in the league. Scott, I'm sure you know him though, uh, in uh, Levante David, who's been one of the most underrated defensive players in football. Those are guys who have done it or that's a guy who has done it and one that can show to do it. But still, in my opinion, um, you live with some of the tight ends beating you as long as it's a slow bleed versus the explosives down the field. Uh, when you can rather, when I would rather invest in pass rush and coverage on the perimeter, but in the end that's idealized versus just the reality of go get good football, football players. The reality is it's about time for us to get out of here, Nick. Yes, it is. So, guys, thank you so much for following us today. We appreciate you, everybody, coming in today. Oops, Scott, you can click that off if you want. Uh, make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod and at Mile High Huddle. 
If you haven't done so yet, make sure you join our Facebook communities, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as this ticker says here underneath, if you're joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe to mile high huddle, like the show, like the channel, like the page and share it on your socials. I've seen it shared on Instagram. I know that Michael Ronquillo, shout out to him. He shares it on Twitter after the shows are done. Uh, I've seen it shared, shared on Facebook as well. So we always appreciate that. A lot of people out there producing good Broncos content, but we like to think we do it a little bit differently and better than anyone else. Uh, and you guys are the big reason for that. The collaboration content community that we have here, it really just, I think, sets us apart from anybody else. So uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, Scott, glad to have you back here today. Hope you're doing better. I'm um, Those cough breaks, you know, on my end, they look rough. Uh, so hopefully you're not in as much pain as um, <laughs> it looks, but uh, glad it's to have you back. Workout. It's a good ab workout there. So Ugh. I had a, uh, so... I had an intercostal sprain about two months ago. Um, that took a tumble, uh, and I was okay. That's but I'm fancy for uh, us public school education guys. Is that like a rib? Uh, the the muscle between the ribs. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, and I was talking to my boss, who's a PhD in infectious disease, uh, MD, kind of you know big wig science person, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I had that once. I had an intercostal sprain when I had pneumonia." from coughing and sneezing so much, I strained a muscle in my ribs. Like, oh my God, I can't imagine yeah, the pain from like, that. Don't make me laugh. Don't make me laugh. It's one of those yeah. things. So yeah, yeah but Stay uh, away from that. <laughs> great conversation today, everybody. Appreciate you coming in. Uh, some new names and some old faces. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing this. Make sure you're tuning in to Nick tonight. Tonight, Building yeah, the tonight. Broncos with Carl. So lots more to talk about and dive into the free agency a little bit more. And uh, we'll see you tonight. Absolutely. You guys have a great one. As always, enjoy your last day of February. Spring is right around the corner. Uh, continue to choose compassion and kindness. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.